world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Well, rest in peace, Nabisco of Fairlawn, New Jersey. Oh, I am so sad of that. Another former American company destroyed when it was bought by foreign investors. Yep, exactly right. Enjoy your El Salvadoran Oreos or whatever uh, is going to be coming up uh, soon. No more smells of Lorna Dunes wafting over the top of the 208. Six of our listeners know what a Lorna Dune is, by the way. The epitome of butter cookie yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, but yes no more Fairlawn's been there forever yeah. um, uh, Nabisco which made Oreos we all know and uh, they were uh, the ultimate cookie growing up I guess maybe Chips Ahoy would be a close contender but Oreo is definitely yeah, the definitely best yeah definitely Oreo I think was the best so uh, you know it's 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 funny. I'm such a I'm such a loyal guy to the to a fault and sometimes I see stuff that pisses me off and uh you know, I did the quarantine crawl last year, and we're up to 340 Pro 2A businesses. And somebody had reached out to me, oh, my buddy's business, can you drive up to blah, blah, blah and do a crawl? I said, yeah, no problem. He, like, I shoots at your range, comes in all the time. I can go up, I do the crawl, and, you know, uh, help him out, answer questions, constantly re-promoting the business and everything. And then I'm on my Instagram feed the other day, and he's shooting at another range. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, posting it, tags, pictures, everything. I'm like, boy, that's it. And we wonder why we lose all the time. You know, we just, we wonder. I mean, (laughs) it's just like, wow. It's just so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, I'm usually a pretty good judge of character. I don't know how that one slipped through. Um, we are going to have in the new range an area where every weekend different quarantine crawl food vendors are there. But what I'm also going to do is we're going to be setting up where different quarantine crawl products, businesses, and services will be coming there and showing their wares. Like we'll advertise like Tuesday night, you know, the dessert ladies are going to be there. And next week, Mr. And it's not going to just be all about food. It'll be other businesses, whether it's insurance or whatever. That business won't be here anymore for that. But, you know, like, <laughs> like, like gyms and health or anything else like that. Um, we're going to have an area where people can leave their brochures and their business cards. Matt is going to do a quarantine crawl map with marks every business that I visit it. And then we're going to allow them to bring their stuff in, their marketing materials, uh, so we can keep it in the family. And then we're going to have certain nights where they can come in and advertise their business, product, or service. Because we, it's our chamber of commerce, quarantinecrawl.com. We should keep it in the family. Once in a while, our rat bastard's going to slip through. But, <laughs> hey, listen, that's not going to stop me from doing what I do. That's okay? true. That's very true. Once all in right. a while, they'll slip through. Yeah, so let's let's talk about all things New Jersey, okay? 
Uh, ANJRPC makes their final argument to the U.S. Supreme Court on right to carry. Okay, uh, this is a press release from ANJRPC. Today, ANJRPC made its final legal stand on the fundamental right to carry firearms for personal protection in a no-nonsense friend-of-the-court legal brief filed with the U.S. Supreme Court in the New York carry case. This is the Corlett case. In it, ANJRPC speaks poignantly for all gun owners whose constitutional right to carry is actively suppressed by state and local governments that condition the exercise of that right on the whims of bureaucrats who rarely, if ever, allow it even in extreme cases. ANJRPC's brief is one of the many friend-of-the-court briefs being filed by various organizations as the case heads towards its historic conclusion. The parties, uh, hold on a second, sorry, the, I, I lost my, my train of thought. The, the parties who brought the case have already briefed the core legal aspects of right to carry. ANJRPC's brief is like a legal punctuation mark highlighting just how bad rights suppression can get and how important a correct decision in the main case is. The brief was authored by none other than Dan Schmutter, member of the range. He is on the quarantine crawl as well, by the way. Dan Schmutter is a great guy. He's a, an attorney with Hartman and Winnicki. So here's some key quotes uh, from uh, Dan's brief. New Jersey firearms laws are a sledgehammer pounding the life out of New Jerseyans' fundamental constitutional rights. How's that? That's very nice. His next quote, justifiable need is not justifiable. The very concept of need is an unconstitutional sham. New Jersey is proud of its record of rights suppression. New Jersey courts prominently cite to New Jersey's stated goal to limit the use of firearms as much as possible. Of all the courts to have relegated the Second Amendment to a second-class right, few have done it as thoroughly as the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. Oh, yeah, I love that. The Third Circuit has simply stepped out of the way to allow New Jersey to trample the constitutional rights of its citizens. <laughs> a combination of legislative aggression and judicial permissiveness has rent large holes in the fabric of the Constitution. This is what the fundamental constitutional rights of all Americans stand to look like if the judgment below is not reversed. So there's a 24-page legal brief that you all can read. It's on ANJRPC's website, by the way. But Dan hit it out of the park. We're very lucky to have him on our side, obviously. And uh, listen, the left is deathly, deathly afraid of this case, by the way. All right? They know that this is a bad thing to have happened. We can't get this to pass. They do not want the Supreme Court to side with us. There was a... Uh, an article I just read, hold on, <clears throat> that uh, this was by L.A. Progressive, by the way, Sandy. So you know yeah. it's right up our alley. Yeah, exactly right. We read it all and the time. They they wrote, um, let, me get the, let me get this hack's name. Uh, his name is Bill Blum, B-L-U-M. He writes for the Progressive. The title is Second Amendment Interpretations Risk National Safety. <laughs> And he wrote, the, the United States is locked and loaded. The nation has more guns than people, and not surprisingly, an appalling level of gun violence. Uh, he goes, not related. Correct. But he goes through this whole tirade, and he wrote, this is what he writes about the Corlett case. 
He says, under New York's regulatory scheme, people seeking such permits are required to demonstrate a special need for protection. Proper cause, in the words of the statute, to qualify. In New Jersey, it's justifiable need. Mm -hmm. New York, it's proper cause. The NRA contends the law violates the Second Amendment. It wants even more guns on our streets and our community. How do you like how he wrote that? Okay, because the guns that are on our streets and our communities that from the NRA members and law-abiding citizens are the ones committing the crime. Right. Next paragraph, he writes, After losing in the lower courts, the plaintiffs appeal to the Supreme Court where they are considered likely to prevail with the addition of three Trump appointees, Neil Gorsuch, Brent Kavanaugh, Amy Cohn and Barrett. Okay. Conservatives now hold a solid 6-3 majority on most of the, on the most powerful judicial body. I don't know if it's a firm and solid 6-3 majority, but yeah, he's pandering, obviously. Of course. No longer constrained by the need for caution and compromise, they are set to dramatically extend gun rights under the Second Amendment. You mean give us our rights back that have been taken from us the past 40 years in right. this, this seven or eight states? So he wrote, should the New York statute be declared unconstitutional, similar measures in, get this, California, hmm, New Jersey, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, and elsewhere could also fall with dire and deadly consequences <laughs> for public safety. Of course. <clears throat> we are talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cases, eight states, including New York. All right. He wrote, he goes on, it's worth remembering as we were, we prepare for the onslaught that the Supreme <laughs> Court, onslaught. <laughs> onslaught, it's worth remembering as we prepare for the onslaught <laughs> that the Supreme Court wasn't always a, friend you, a friendly venue for the NRA and the gun rights lobby. To the contrary, prior to the court's landmark 2008 ruling in uh, Heller, the great weight of academic scholarship, as well as the court's 1939 decision in the U.S. versus Miller, had construed the Second Amendment in keeping with the actual debates of the Constitutional Convention as protecting gun ownership only in connection with service in long oh, since on, antiquated state militias. Oh, God. Unbelievable. These people are just All so... All right. So... so these this guy is scared of Corlett. Obviously, we know everybody on the left is scared of Corlett. That's why you hear talk of court packing. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this fall, the Supreme Court will be hearing the Corlett case. Okay, we have a, a carry case in New Jersey headed to the Supreme Court should something bad happen with Corlett. Evan Knappen has a case before the Supreme Court, which you know hasn't been granted cert yet, but they keep pushing it out. And then there's other cases in the pike. Obviously, we talk about FPC, NJ2AS, Second Amendment Foundation, CNJFO, ANJRPC, those five organizations. Remember, if you make a donation, you can win the Spartan Dory when we have the grand reopening of the range edition because we want to support those who support you and keep it together. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we have the quarantine crawl, why we have all of these 2A groups, and why I'm spearheading this raffle with the, the five 2A groups because we all need to work together because we are outnumbered, okay? Right. We are outnumbered. There's real statistics out there, but the real statistics trickle in. We do not get the real information. The media talking heads over and over again say the same crap over and over again, 
all right? And what happens is they people just listen to it and they repeat it like this guy. You know, this right. guy says right. Right. this guy says that, you know, it's going to be an onslaught, all right? Yeah. Are, you're kidding me, an onslaught. Right. It's not going to be an onslaught. We're talking about eight other states, 42 states. Everybody listening to this, because when the Corlett case is heard, people are going to be uh, – talking about oh my god there's going to be blood in the streets you all have to have your ammunition you need to be educated mm -hmm. uh, and right. know what's going on 42 states already have this fundamental yep. right to carry Absolutely. whether it's concealed or open blah 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 only eight states do not now new york they took this new york case if you want to think about the duplicity here if you live north of rockland county in new york state you can get a carry permit yeah, right. If, right. if if you live south of Rockland County or anywhere in New York County, which is the five boroughs that most people associate New York with, New York City, you can't get a carry permit. Yes. So right. we talk about flying in the face of hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Two thirds of your state, well, seven eighths of your state by landmass allow carry, right. and one eighth right. of your state yes. doesn't right. allow right. carry. Yep. You're absolutely right. So when people tell you there's going to be an onslaught, they're wrong. So remember that this affects eight states that are violating our constitutional rights to protect ourselves, our God-given right. The founders of this country allowed us to protect ourselves from tyranny of the government and protect ourselves for, from criminals. The Second Amendment was not written for hunting. That's, that's exactly right. And it's the second for a reason. I've said this a million times. The Bill of Rights, there's 10 amendments. The first one is freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of religion. The Second Amendment is second for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. If somebody told you to make a wish list of the top 10 things you'd buy if you hit the lottery, would the most important thing be 10th on the list or first on the list, Sandy? It would probably be uh, right up there in the top. I think. Uh, and then the second most important thing would be where? Uh, right behind it, yeah. Correct. That's why the Fourth Amendment, you know, quartering soldiers or Third Amendment, it was written every single it was important because King George was the mad king at the time. So don't listen to their crap that there's going to be an onslaught. The media malpractice right now in this country is unbelievable. I mean, look what's going on in Cuba. Oh. Oh, well, they're just, you know, they're upset that they can't get the vaccines. You know? Yeah, that's why they're they're rioting, fi finally, after 62 years. And everybody on Carrying the left American is... Carrying American flags, you know. That, yeah, we, we need to... Tr let's do a swap. Right. Let's do a swap. Everybody in Cuba that's proudly f flying the flag and wants freedom, let's send them here. And everybody that thinks communism is going to work this time, send them there. It's beautiful weather in Cuba. Absolutely, sure. Right? Yeah, let's great. switch. And the, uh, you know, uh, Michael Moore... Uh, was so proud of the healthcare system as was Barack Obama. Barack Obama just he he just loved to extol the virtues of the Cuban healthcare system, where you know maybe you have to go to a shaman uh, in order to uh, get any kind of care whatsoever. But it's free, it's free, it's, and you have open access to it, of course. Mm -hmm. A few uh, short months ago, I read the directive from the Cuban government that eating banana peels was healthy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Remember? We put that right here on the show. Yes, and they were also eating rodents yeah, yes, yes, for protein. Course. They had that, that. Didn't they have the chefs come out with the uh, recipes? Uh, we, we talked about the recipes for the rodent recipes. Rodent recipes. Yes. Yeah. They don't do that because they dislike beef. 
uh, or because of the cow farts. They, they do it um, <laughs> like in China. They don't eat bat soup um, um, because it's a delicacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. You know, my buddy, uh, our old friend, remember our old friend Rob Morse? Oh, yeah. Rob Morse, he writes for uh, Ameland at Clash Daily and the Slow Facts blog. And, He's got and a, new, and, a nice article, too, I saw. Yes, and uh, the Polite Society podcast, obviously, forever. He's also an NRA pistol instructor and a combat uh, handgun protect uh, uh, competitor. He's been around forever. He wrote a great article in Ameland uh, July 3rd called Media Malpractice in 2021. Yeah. And, he, you know, he talks about the clickbait 24 hours a day, how they, you know, they use assault rifle. And, you know, yeah, uh, right. you know they don't, they don't, they don't say, they don't follow the narrative. And, you know, we're always old white rednecks, yet most of us, you know, know all gun all new gun owners now are women and minorities, right? But they still yep. show, they still always show that hillbilly when they show always. a gun owner, all right? Of course. And they never stop that all the time. And, um, you know, I, I tell the story all the time where four African-American women came in one night and I asked if, uh, you know, welcome to the family. How'd you find out about us? And one of the girls says, oh, well, I, um, uh, I came here last week with my fiance. I had such a good time. I brought my girlfriends back. So, like, for me, there's no better win than that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, when they were leaving, I was like, did you guys have a good time? And, you know, you can see they're all pumped up with adrenaline and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. They're, they're crazy. You know, they could, like, have woo-hoo, you know, and holding their <laughs> targets up. Was it everything you expected? The girls were like, oh, my God, everybody was so nice. And one of the girls said, the bathrooms were clean. I said, so did it fit your narrative? And one of the girls said, I thought your employees would be fatter. <laughs> yeah. Really? She said that. Yep. Really? And I said, where did you get that from? She goes, well, I always think of gun people as fat guys. So where does a 25-year-old African-American girl from Queens get, get that. that perception? Yeah. Uh, from CNN. From indoctrination. Yes, that's right. Right. So we're, while we're being indoctrinated, you know, uh, that's what they expect they're going to walk into. And that's media malpractice. And Rob Morse uh, hit it right on the head that they just continue to following this narrative. I mean, years and years ago, Obama said that it was easier to buy a uh, uh, a gun online than it was to uh, buy a laptop. Yep. You know, or a book or something. And guess what? People still repeat that. Yeah, they repeat, uh, of course. And again, that's how you know that's how socialism works, isn't it? You know, correct. But the eleven or twelve million new gun owners who bought guns, especially from the most rep- oppressive states like New Jersey, all had an awakening, and they realized that they had been lied to. I, do As, you, I don't know. No, I no, Sandy, know, Sandy, man. I'm still getting a lot of feedback. Really? You know, my buddy Jay Mickens, Jay Mickens Music, who's on the Quarantine Crawl, he yep. performs yep. locally all over the place. Great guy. Uh, he walked into Ramsey Outdoor and said, I want to buy a gun and put his driver's license down. And Ron behind the counter says, uh, where's your FID card? What's that? Where's your pistol <laughs> permit? Where's that? What's that? He's like, well, Jason, you need all of this. I didn't know that. I thought I could just buy a gun. Jason goes home, goes on a computer. He's like, oh, my. References, background check, fingerprints, mental health, uh, made me wait, et cetera, et cetera. And he had an awakening. And now all of a sudden he's becoming a Second Amendment advocate. Well, which is what we want. Oh, he's African-American, by the way. 
Okay. Again, as as are fifty percent of the new buyers of guns. Correct, but 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 this is what we want, you know. Yes. So here's a guy. He's outwardly pro two A. He posts on that. He also has an Instagram page called Ebony and Armory. <laughs> I love that. Which is really really cool. <laughs> Ebony and Armory, and it's Jay Mickens. It's Jay Mickens music. He performs all over the place. Remember during the the, the pandemic, I went to see him at the Shannon Rose yeah, and Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. They had that dine-in theater where you bring folding chairs next to your car for social distancing, and they bring the food out and everything. So, I talk the talk and walk the walk, and I support those who support you, which I think is really cool. But he had an awakening, and I just had a couple come in. A husband and wife from Wayne came in yesterday, Sandy. And uh, they decided they want to get a gun, and they went and they filled out all their paperwork and stuff. And the wife reiterated at least 30 times to me that she could not believe the tedious process <laughs> that she had to go through to get a gun. And I was like, well, that's it's always been that way. She's like, I did not know that. She goes, my husband and I, we wanted to buy a gun, and we did, we had no idea that this is. And she's like, I'm not going to take this anymore. Now I understand what's going on, and I've been lied to. And, of course, I had a little, you oh. know, I had a, I had a little, you know, yeah. got to get them. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I got I got to rile up uh, the the people, rile up the base a little bit too, and, and educate them, which is what I do. You know, yeah, right. the problem is you got to get them in. You got to get them in, and you got to. Oh, I'm blown away by the amount of new people uh, that have been coming in nonstop since we reopened. It, it's almost a year. I reopened July second last year. I'll be open a year from from wow. COVID. Yeah, wow. I mean, could you Time imagine that? Blind, yep, man. another two weeks. and uh, Oh, it's, it's past a year. I'm sorry. July 2nd was a year. Wow, I screwed up. Because I'm thinking, because right now we're looking at probably a soft opening right around August 1st for the new edition, by mm. the way. I don't want to talk out of turn and say it's a hard date because as soon as I say it's a hard date, I'm going to get a letter from a, an agency <laughs> or an inspector <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. All of the telephone poles on your property have to come up a sixteenth of an inch. Exactly. It's not like it doesn't have precedent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so more national news. This is interesting. This was uh, published by the Guardian, Sandy. Pandemic gun violence surge was not linked to rise in legal gun sales. Study finds. Really? How weird is that? That's very strange. So gun homicides surged across the United States during the pandemic, but hardly any of them were by law-abiding people with legally possessed guns. But what about the onslaught? There was a 25% increase in homicides during the pandemic. We've had the worst single increase, single year increase in killings in the United States since 1960. There was an additional 4,000 gun homicides in 2020 compared to 2019. You know, and you would think that that would have gone the other way when you open up the prisons and clear them out because you know you don't want prisoners to get covid no 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 you want them out yeah walking amongst us yes in the street because it's much safer of course outside where you come in contact with oh four or five hundred people a day versus you know just staying in your you know cell that's good so, that's good epidemiology actually that's a new <laughs> that's a new science the new science we have so yeah. they pretty much found no link between new gun sales and the increase in shootings and violence. That's weird, right? 
Has anybody heard about that in the mainstream media? No. By the way? Of course not. Hmm? No. no? Maybe the other way. Maybe our friends over at the uh, progressive, L.A. progressive, uh, would be interested in that, I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. If you look at the FBI crime stats, you know, death by firearms uh, in uh, 2019, which was the most recent year, and basically <laughs> it comes out to they, they all tout 40,000 people were murdered by firearms, right? But believe uh, it or not, uh, no, 25,000 were suicides, 61%. Oh. Okay, 61%. 2% were police justified use, 2% were civilian justified use, 3% were accidents. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, most of them were gang related gang shootings. Homicides no, were 11,000. Gang related homicides was 11,000. No. Out of the, no, yep, no, yep. Nonsense. And non-gang related homicides were 3,000. So, yes. So this is, you <laughs> Just know. where where they broke off from the gang and went alone and, and shot people while they were robbing and looting. and. Correct. Yeah, and you defending yourself def would be, I guess, a non-gang related homicide. I guess it would maybe be that or would be actually an actionable offense probably. <laughs> As it was in but, Connecticut, yeah. But, you know, um, the surge, you know, it was fear on top of fear. This came from the Bowling Green Daily News, which was really good. It was written by a bunch of people at the Bowling Green Daily News. Fear on top of fear. Why anti-gun Americans joined the wave of new gun owners. When you have Democrats, like you said, getting rid of bail reform, getting rid of any type of minimum mandatory sentences, and opening up the prisons and letting the criminals walk amongst us. When the Democratic talking points on the left, the talking points are that all, you know, uh, everybody should be freed and on the street and illegals and everything else. What do you think is going to happen, okay? In blue cities and red suburbs alike, firearms purchases soared last year to the highest level in half a century based on federal background checks. And a striking portion of those sales went to first-time gun buyers. Hmm, interesting. And, you know, we talked about this. We, we know this already, all right? Excuse me. Uh, they, they interviewed this woman. Shakima Thomas, a social worker in Newark, New Jersey, had always thought of guns as loud and dangerous, nothing she wanted anything to do with. She grew up around firearms. Her grandmother carried a gun in her purse. <laughs> and several close relatives. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. And, se and several close relatives had served in the military and owned guns. But Thomas, 39 years old, never considered buying one for herself until Donald Trump's presidency. Trump's boast that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose any of his support made Thomas fear that some Americans might be emboldened to express their rage. See, it works on both sides. So a lifelong Democrat, she got a gun permit early in the Trump administration, but didn't buy her first gun until last summer. All right. She walked into a range and she actually bought a gun for the first time, which is unbelievable. We have people that from the left side, people from the right side, people from the front, people from the top, people from the back. It's just amazing how many people are buying uh, guns now and coming in to shoot. It's it's to me, I see it every every day. And this whole crime and unrest thing uh, that our Democrats keep perpetuating is and emboldening people to go out and commit violence like Antifa and stuff, burn businesses down yep. and everything. Mm -hmm. And people are afraid. They're afraid for themselves. They're afraid for the family. They've decimated the police. Police, you know, who'd want to do their job uh, today, 
you know, because there's just, you know, no one to back them up. So what happens, Sandy? Well, they have to take it on. They, they believe they have to take uh, their own self-defense into their own hands, which, uh, you know, has always been the case. Yep. So here's a case. The Washington Post had to begrudgingly uh, print this. Gun laws barring sales to people under 21 are unconstitutional. Can you imagine? The appeals court. Can you imagine the editorial room? This was the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. Now, this this, this will affect New Jersey because this is going to head to the Supreme Court now. Basically, the judge said that, you know, you can die for your country at 18 years old. Why shouldn't you be able to buy a firearm? Right. And uh, it's so good question, isn't it? Ah, yes. So this is this is going to, you know, affect everybody because many states like New Jersey, you can buy long guns at 18 years old, but you can't buy handguns until you're 21 years old. But and if it, you enlist in the military, uh, they give you one. Imagine. Yeah. But when you come out, you can't. You see, you, you're, it's okay to be trusted um, in the military with the handgun, but it's not okay to be trusted. See, it, because when you leave base, you, you lose your mind and, 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 uh, and, 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 your, uh, and, and everything that you hold dear. And, yeah, and you can die for your country, but you yeah. can't get a gun, you right. know. Uh, so you can die for your country, or you can go out in the streets and die for your for your for your politicians. Correct, <laughs> correct. So it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. You know what uh, what they come up with uh, when it goes to the Supreme Court. It's going to affect New Jersey as well. Phil Murphy believes you should start paying taxes at birth, but you shouldn't ever be able to own a gun. He's going to be our governor for quite some time, it looks like. Well, he's buying it. We're going to, John Petrolino wrote a great article. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Can I help you? Oh, hi. I'm with the Biden administration. Do you have a minute for me to tell you about the non-FDA approved injection we desperately want you to get? Why the hell are you knocking on my door? I'll take that as a yes. We've been reviewing your medical records and it appears as though you haven't gotten the- That's illegal. Indeed. And what they show is you haven't gotten the shot yet. So I'm here on your private property to pressure you into doing so. Letting politicians decide what medicines I take is insane. You're not doctors, you're not even qualified. We're politicians, we like power, and we feel that qualifies us to do whatever we want. It absolutely doesn't. What I put in my body is my choice, and I'll consult my doctor over that because he knows me personally. Because it's a medical issue. No, ma'am, this is more of a political issue. You can trust us. You're part of the government, and you work for me. And you being here is a complete infringement on my rights. You need to read the Constitution. At the Biden administration, we don't believe in the Constitution. It's not really how we want to govern, so you need this shot. The fact that you really want me to get this thing makes you look really, really suspicious. Thank you. You don't even know the half of it. And the more you push this thing, the more I doubt the safety. Oh, no. When you look at this spreadsheet with our profit margins, you'll see that what we're working with here is totally safe for business. And the long-term clinical trials of an hour and a half are squeaky clean. You have nothing to worry about. It seems like you just want control. For your protection, yes. Thank you for seeing. We're just looking out for your best interest with our propaganda campaign, censorship, and now me being here knocking on your door. 
You're welcome for all that we've been doing. Are people dumb enough to believe that? Some are. Now, I would really like to stab you with this needle and inject what's in it that you have no control over into your body. Absolutely not. I kind of just want to do it anyway. My body, my choice, you creep. That's not the way we see it. At the Biden administration, we look at it as your body, our choice. It's kind of a Bill Cosby-inspired mentality we've adopted. Get off my property now. Get the f off my property. No. I don't understand. Are you saying you don't want the shot that you've chosen not to get? Wait. While I'm here, do you mind if I confiscate all your guns? Go ahead and try. So uh, let's do some housekeeping before I get into Petrolino's article. Marty's V Burger, martysvburger.com. Mention Gun for Hire, Gun for Hire Radio, get 20% off. Also available at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. Remember, if you live in New York, NY Tack Defense. I get customers coming in weekly telling me that Peter Tillum helped them out and they joined NY Tack Defense. If you live in the other 49 states, U.S. Law Shield. Use Gun for Hire, one word, for a 10% discount. Uh, my second favorite book in the whole wide world, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino. Available on Amazon as well as the Gun for Hire Pro Shop. The Gun Lawyer Podcast by Evan Knappen, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedoms. Listen up. Did you hear talk- last week's when he talked about the uh, bayonet? No. Yes, yes, wow. yes. It's it's amazing. You should all listen to it. I don't want to spill the beans on that one, but listen to it. Uh, the Quarantine Crawl, 340 Pro 2A businesses and one trader still on there. I'm not taking them <laughs> off, by the way. I'm not, I'm keeping it on because I'm above that. Don't forget my my book, Crime Proof. Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. Crimeproofbook.com. No. Just, just. Nope. Nope, I just wanted to vent, but I'm not going to rat him out. Uh, the new range will be having a soft opening sooner than later. Two new ranges, one member, uh, one non-member uh, in the new edition. We're also going to have pop-up quarantine crawl food and advertisement. We're going to have a large lounge and refreshment area. We're going to have uh, vending machines. We're going to have video games, 220 parking spaces, many surprises, large, large retail area, members, buyers, club, etc., 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 let me do some letters before I get to Petrolino. All right, this letter. Ugh. Mm. Uh, trying to reach out to Anthony on a two-way violation from my town. Long story short, my son has some issues and was taken to the hospital on Sunday evening. The local police responded to my home and seized my firearms and magazines from my locked gun safe, citing extreme risk protection order. Oh, Lord, the red they, flag. Yeah, they said without a surrender, they would obtain a warrant and search my home. I voluntarily complied but requested a receipt for the seized firearms. No receipt was given. I went back to the station the next day to speak to the lieutenant in charge of firearms, and he said I will not get them back, and I am precluded from purchasing any other firearms. I asked again for a receipt, and he said that they do not do that. He then stated that he doesn't know the extreme risk protection order law and would contact the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office and get back to me. After reading the extreme risk protection only law, it doesn't apply to me. 
it would be for my son, who owns nothing and has no permit. To show how ridiculous this is, I am bidding on a musket from 1860, and they told me they would come to my home and confiscate that as well, but they would try... And they would try to block my firearms permit. I follow the God. law to the letter and very sad that they use this new law to red flag me and humiliate me. Jeff, the town he's from, very affluent town in Bergen of County, course. by the way. This of guy course. probably pays more in yeah. property taxes a year than the median income in this in the country. Has three cops on the, on the force. And, yeah, of course. So listen to me. Uh this, he shouldn't have let him in without a warrant. He already should have had U.S. Law Shield. They would have contacted Evan Knappen, who's the lead criminal attorney. Evan Knappen would have said a warrant. Evan Knappen would have said, get the prosecutor involved. This doesn't fall under ERPO, et cetera, et cetera. Right, Everybody right. listening out there, what is your life worth? What right. is your freedom worth? You're right. Okay? Think about this. This is from my buddy Frank Liberetto. I wanted to take it a moment out of my crazy busy day and tell you how great your book was to read. I bought two extra copies and gave it to two family members. I'm going to have my daughter read it now. She's, seven, she's 16 going on 17 and knows everything. Laugh out loud. <laughs> I want her to learn how to be self-aware in this crazy world and be able to protect ourselves, especially when she's going off to college in two years. She's entering her junior year in high school in the fall. She's very book smart but not street smart like you or I am. She's what I'd call a house cat. We live in a nice affluent area and she goes to a prestigious private school. So she has been very sheltered from the ills of what this world is like her whole life. Outside of reading your book, what else can I do to prepare her to be more self-aware and be able to defend herself? She learns best one-on-one -on -one with the individual teaching. Do you recommend any course at Gun For Hire that we can sign her up for? Uh, talk to you soon, brother Frank. Well, we're gonna have the defensive pen class pretty soon and uh, Tony uh, Urena and his guys are working on a couple other, uh, uh, like, you know, defensive classes, defensive mindset classes. So there will be more. The other thing you can do, Frank, is you read the book already. You can be testing her. You, when, you're got, when you're out and about with her, say, hon, what would you do in this situation? What would you do in this situation? And see how much of it she really absorbed, you know, from, from learning from the book. So... Um, give that a shot. Did I just say give that a shot? You did. I did. And you know, there uh, might be a uh, there might be a series of courses coming uh, based on. Uh, there will be after the uh, video is done and after the um, Kindle is done, you might see some crime proof classes uh, and uh, videos popping up. So uh, you heard it from a friend. Who heard it from a friend? <laughs> Let me get this other stuff out of the way, my guys. I get a ton of emails uh, from people that are donating to the Tip of the Spear raffle for donating to the five organizations. Uh, of course, Marty from Marty's V-Burger uh, forwards me his copies of his donations. Mark Sanchez. Matt Beeb is there. I get an email from Rich Ford. Rich Ford, I'm back, bitches. He's making more donations. Steve Crescenzo made more donations. It's amazing. You people make me proud every day. The people that, that get involved and get active and make donations, you really, really do make me proud. If you want to become an NRA instructor, Chuck Leonard and myself, instructor classes are coming back again uh, in August. 
starting August uh, 6th or so or 7th, we're going to have rifle instructor, pistol instructor, home firearm and safety instructor, shotgun instructor, range safety officer class, and chief range safety officer classes. And if you want to get your Utah non-resident CCW, uh, my buddy Greg is going to be hosting that class here July 27th. So please support those who support you. Get out here, check out the new range and uh, see what's going on. Let's talk about us third-tier people, Sandy. This hasn't happened in quite some time. Uh, earlier this week, Governor Freestuff, a.k.a. Phil Murphy, a.k.a. douche nozzle extraordinaire, <laughs> he's touting that New Jersey has the best of beaches. He says this on July 10th. On July 12th, NewJersey.com, Needles medical waste wash up on Jersey Shore beaches. It happens every year. Yes. Lifeguards and beachgoers found the syringes along some beaches in Monmouth Beach and Long Branch. They issued an alert and closed the beaches for a few hours and then issued an all clear. Okay. Stormwater and source systems are a nightmare, said Mike Castellano, the chair of New Jersey Shore chapter of the Surfrider uh, Foundation. So all of this unwanted material uh, comes up to the shore. Are we supposed to be dumping medical waste offshore, Sandy? Uh, well, it's been done for years off the I know. coast of Staten Island. I know. So let me ask you a question. If the first tier, we know we're the third tier, the law-abiding, uh, tax-paying workers. Yes, right. If the first tier used those beaches, would medical waste no, wash I up? I really don't think so, no, no. Would hypodermic needles mm -hmm. that could stick in your kid's eye or leg, would it wash up on the shore yeah, if the not. first tier used those beaches? Yeah, probably no. Yeah. No, and the amount of taxes we pay in New Jersey and the amount of money that comes into the state every year for tourism, just the fact that our first tier could give a shit about the quality of our waters, the quality of our beaches, goes to show you how low on the bottom rung we are. Right. Okay, You're we are right. so low, it is disgusting. And you know what? There's no honor among thieves. This this state, why are we doomed? Well, Murphy's mailing out stimulus checks, right? Yep. With his name on it, the Speaker of the House's name, and the Senate President's name, just right for the re-election time. But here's another one. How do you like this for Two-Faced? A Republican mayor just endorsed Governor Murphy uh, for re-election. You can clown a Republican mayor. You're talking about Vaz from... Uh, Tony Vaz, yes, yeah, Seaside Heights. Yeah, yeah. Seaside. Yeah, oh, the Seaside cesspool is what it's lo uh, known locally as. I mean, it's just Seaside Heights. Is a But Vaz endorsed Christie both times and oh, Lieutenant oh, Governor oh, Kim Godano. Big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, it's a joke. Uh, you know, you're talking about people who can easily be swayed and paid off very easily. Well, Jack Cittarelli, obviously, I'm endorsing him 100% and backing him 1,000%. Uh, everybody has to. Forget about splinter groups, libertarian, pastafarians, and all that other parties and stuff like that. Green Party, Green New Deal, whatever it may be, the Martian Party, et cetera, et cetera. So... What I think is we all have to back Cittarelli 100% because then you have two-faced mayors like this. Excuse me. I think I got the hiccoughs. I think you do. Oh, God, I don't know what happened to me. So <laughs> I don't know age. what happened. What, what has happened? Age. <laughs> is it a age if gave me look, the hiccups? Absolutely. Look, if they would have told us about this when we were 25, you 25-year-olds, pay attention here. 
because if they would have told us about this at 25, I, I for one, would have lived my life a whole lot harder than I did. We said I have something to blame. So, so guess what's coming up in, in, in New Jersey? Uh, redistricting, gerrymandering. It's been 10 years. You and I covered it with Chris Christie yep. 10 years ago, Sandy. Yep, we did. And, and now it's like cicadas. They come every, what, every 10 <laughs> years every or 10 so. Years. <laughs> it's a good analogy. I like so that. all 12 congressional districts will be redrawn to reflect how the population is shifted in the latest Does that include wait, the legal population or the total population? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. So for Democrats, it's a matter of how much they can dominate. They hold 10 of the state's 12 House seats. <laughs> After there was a 6-6 six, six so split ridiculous. at the middle of the last decade. Correct, correct. <laughs> so ridiculous. Republicans will be looking to claim all or some of the four seats that have turned blue since the last redistricting. Forget it. <laughs> Why waste happen. your breath, right, exactly. okay? You're just kabuki theater. We are, we are going to get screwed again. They're going to redistrict. And, you know, they redistrict, like, alleyways, two houses, <laughs> exactly. you know. It, it, it's it's so funny. Yeah. They, they call it gerrymandering because, it's, uh, you know, because it looks like a salamander. There right. was a case one time uh, <laughs> that it looked, you know, that, that looked like a salamander's tail. There are and, districts uh, in New Jersey exactly like that. Correct. So that's why they got the term uh, gerrymandering, by the way, and that's what it is. And the party in power, uh, the executive branch of legislation, that's how supermajorities stay supermajorities. That's why California will never flip. New Jersey will never flip. It won't even become even, like 50-50. And that's, that's why they do this. That's why they also welcome all the illegals and everybody in, because, you know, the more we have in that are going to vote that way. I mean, our uh, the secretary of um, interior or whatever says that um, – uh, they're not going to welcome Cuban immigrants coming into this no, country if they take a vote over because they don't vote the right way. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, they vote right. Yeah. So, they vote correct. so yeah. So, so we don't we don't want them. No. Okay. No. Why would we do that? No. Mm-hmm. no. You know, where, so where's Petrolino? Petrolino's article is right here. New Jersey governor's push for reparations ignores harm done by gun laws. So uh, John Petrolino wrote this. He wrote, uh, Governor Murphy recently went on the record about discussing the possibility of reparations to New Jersey's African-American community. The concepts of reparations is not a new one. I'm not an expert on the subject, so I cannot comment on the idea of bringing up uh, facts and figures. I'm fairly certain that Murphy, who is batting around the idea, also cannot bring up facts and figures. (laughs) He can't, okay? Uh, But there is much to unpack there concerning fiscal policy. I'd rather agree with people that lean towards investing this surplus into school systems fairly uh, because we have a $10 billion surplus, and all he's talking about right now is using it for reparations and refunding our pension systems uh, and all of the government workers, you know, uh, making sure their pension systems and everything are, um, you know, um, well well feathered, Mm -hmm. the feather beds. Yes, that's a good way to put it. But John wrote something about how African-American people were disproportionately uh, sentenced to crimes for gun control, which, you know, we know that's happened over the years, right? It continues to happen. Correct, and and which is not fair. In fiscal 2016, black offenders were convicted of firearms offense carrying a minimum mandatory and subject to the penalty more often than any other racial group, 52%, okay? 
Hispanic offenders comprised the next largest group at 29%. Black offenders accounted for approximately 70% of offenders convicted of multiple Section 924C counts, which carried the longest average sentences, 327 months and 182 months, respectively. Damn, you think Murphy would make reparations for that, is what John is saying. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, let's face that. How many people... Or even address um, it or talk about it. Correct. How many minorities got more time than anybody else, okay? And they should be probably, you know, be compensated for that. Uh, Those are people that probably should be released early. Right. Yeah. Um, now, if you paid your dues. Meanwhile, we have you know three strike drug offenders that have been in prison, you know, languishing, warehoused in a prison. But we all know prisons. It's all about the Benjamins. You Always, know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, uh, they're starting to. They're they're looking for talent for the the movie that I'm uh, I'm a contributor on. Necessary Evil. Necessary Evil film, by the way. They're looking for people. Um, they were looking for like a teenage African American boy to play the lead. I applied for it and I wasn't picked. No way. Yes, I think it was m- something to do with my lisp. It, it could have been. It might, <laughs> could very well. Have been. That's my my buddy. You, you were too tall. My buddy Cream Hayes. They're they're looking for a few more. Um, actors male female and then the filming is going to start it's going to be a short film and it's going to win all kinds of awards and get national and international recognition and then he's going to get somebody to step in from hollywood or whatever to invest for the feature movie and it's going to win all kinds of awards and i can't wait to see my brother from another mother up on stage accepting awards and ripping people apart (laughs) it is going to be such a good taste. I can't wait to go to all the uh, uh, openings and everything, too. You know, uh, the film festivals and everything. Yeah, no. This Something like this will get me to go to the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, really? You think? Yeah, I would go. If his movie was pre- was premiering there, yeah, I, I will go. All right. Yeah, I'll go to Tribeca. I'll, I'll, s- I'll slap, uh, uh, what's his name, De Niro in the head and everything. Or pull in that little ponytail he has. Right. You know, John Petrolino wrote another article about the U.K. amnesty uh, program for knives and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he writes, our brethren on the other side of the pond. By the way, where's our buddy Stephen from the other side of the pond? He hasn't written an email in a long time. I know, yeah. Hopefully he's okay. I I know. If you're out there, I'm going to send him an email. Hopefully he's okay. But he wrote, on the other side of the pond have dealt with disarmament for many years, and a recent knife amnesty program out of the U.K. tells us all we need to know about the movement in Britain's former colonies to disarm American citizens. First, we should take a chance to applaud the U.K. for calling the program an amnesty program. Much like our friends down under in Australia, they don't mince words, whereas the United States, the government officials are so full of hubris that they call similar programs buybacks. To be fair, the amnesty programs that are offered up to our relatives who still are under the thumb of the crown don't always offer up a subsidy or prize money for their turn-in events. I suppose that Americans are not so easily coerced to give up their property without getting some compensation. Over here in the free world, we could, uh, we could more appropriately refer to these look-I'm-doing-something events as compensated confiscations. I like that, John. I'm stealing that. Okay, I am stealing that. All right, so they post, and I saw pictures of this, like the Burnley Town Center. We have emptied the Town Center knife amnesty bin, recovering 87 knives, three screwdrivers, a handful of spoons and forks, and a collection of other household items. 
This is a significant amount of items that it could have been used in knife crimes. We appreciate some of these items aren't necessarily dangerous, but it's intent of the user which makes it uh, the said items more dangerous. That's oh, wait right. Wait a minute. Wait I, a minute. It's not the gun. It's the intent of the user that makes correct. it dangerous. Oh my goodness. Correct. Oh. And you know, I was gaining weight, so I dropped my fork in there. <laughs> All right, now I'm not. I'm losing weight See, now because I can't you eat. You changed intense. Wow, so, that's very good. Uh, so John writes, bravo. Now, isn't that quite a haul of booty? <laughs> this would be the perfect time for leadership over there to create and adopt a sous chef program where disadvantaged cooks can be gifted reconditioned cutlery, spatulas, flatware, and cooking knives. Not only would this create jobs in the way of having professional knife and flatware smiths to perform the heroic deed of reconditioning these goods, but, but will also give the less fortunate a chance to succeed in their trade. Who knows? Maybe the next top chef can compete on one of those television programs. Think of the pride, even if one of these chefs that benefits from the program loses that the UK can have. These, those ominous words, pack up your knives, can be a beacon of hope, knowing those were discarded weapons that the UK paid to supply someone pack in up need. Your spoons. Oh, that's great. Oh. <laughs> Let's take it to its logical end. It's so ridiculous. Yep. So he wrote next the UK is going to establish the DSPC, the Department of Screwdrivers and Pizza Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you they I think you could will. I think you could mess somebody up with pizza cutters. I think you very well could. You know? We know how uh, to do it with a big pen. But you know it's funny John noted looking at the pictures I don't see any prominently displayed Switchblades, dirks, daggers, or narwhal no, tusks. What are you kidding me? The gang There's, members still held on to those. Yep, there seems to be a nice set of utility shears, a few old bayonets, and one lonely pizza cutter among the chef's knives. Okay? <laughs> wicked gadgets off the street. Thank you for taking the wicked gadgets off the street. Clink a couple of pints of dra draft on the pub. At the pub, you deserve it. Tally ho. It's so true. This is so stupid. But yeah, you can't even have a knife in. Uh, nope. Nope. In, in the UK. There you was a famous case of the guy who took out a um, nail clipper and was arrested for taking out a nail clipper in public. Could you, could you, oh, I'm sorry, I fell. Did you fall? <laughs> <laughs> I've you know, fallen you, down and I can't get up, Sandy. Did you press the button? I, I, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, they're coming to get they're me. They're coming to get you now. Here comes the life alert operator on the phone. That's the life alert operator. Did you She's hear it? He's calling you, yes. I feel saved now. That's good. Okay. I'm 239. So listen to this scam. Oh, by the way, life alert, 1000 yeah. bucks. Oh, you got one? For no, no, they owe us $1,000. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, for the shameless plug. Yes. Yes. So listen up. This came out. This is a scam going around. This is our learning segment. Scammers posing as New Jersey motor vehicle staff trying to steal people's identities. Police in New Jersey are warning people about possible identity thieves sending text messages posing as the State Motor Vehicle Commission in a phishing scam. Today we learned of a new scam, uh, scam cops in Franklin Township in Somerset County said in a social media post. This is where uh, Ainsley lives. If you receive a text from the MVC telling you to update your information, do not click on it. This shortened URL brings you to a phishing website and it could lead to your identity being stolen. 
Those that are trying to steal your identity are finding new and creative ways to commit the crime. The text reads, New Jersey Department of Transportation, you need to validate your driver's license info with us for traffic safety, and a link is then provided. If unwittingly people click on the link, they are taken to a page where a form asks for personal information. Okay, they're getting reports of this where people are filling it out and their identities are getting stolen. It is so easy to fish. Now, think about elderly people, right? Yeah. So, you know, in my book, Chapter 16, we have a whole chapter on senior security. There are ways to limit this. Uh, mom and dad maybe don't need a phone that has text capability as they get older. Maybe they can have a phone like a jitterbug or something or a flip phone, which the battery lasts forever with big buttons on it or whatever. You also uh, can set up the phone just like parental controls where you see their texts. You can set up their computer where you see copies of their emails going in and out. You can also do what share my screen on PCs and Macs and stuff where you can keep an eye on stuff because, you know, as people get older, they lose their physical and mental abilities and it's a lot easier to scam them. Grandma might get a text like that or an email like that and say, oh, I better get this, uh, I better get this uh, filled out because I don't want to lose my driver's license because, you know, when you're older, you're worried about uh, losing your license, right? Yeah. So they'll fill it out right away. And then, you know, if they don't have, like we have, like I get alerts when my credit cards are used or someone's, my banking transactions or whatever, you know, older people don't get those alerts. They still go to the bank yes. and make deposits and yep. withdraw money, That's right? That's right. So what happens is they don't get the alerts. By the time they find out their identity's uh, uh, been stolen or their bank account's been compromised, they have nothing left. <laughs> right. Yeah, because they are going once a month or whatever to the bank. <laughs> so, but let's talk about a little bit that safety at home. And this is on page 244 of my book. And, you know, I wrote, I like to keep everything in my parents' house locked, including the garage, basement, doors, and windows. A lot of elderly people don't remember to do this, and it makes breaking in very easy. Make sure curtains are drawn. You know, the elderly usually will have lights on all over the house unless they hit that cheap stage, right, Sandy? Yep. Where they don't want to spend any money? Uh, yep, like uh, someone I know very well. Yes, so my <laughs> my parents have a doorbell cam, mm. and I have, a, cam, uh, I have a, a, a cam in my parents' garage. That's the only two places I have it, right? But my parents have a doorbell cam. When their doorbell rings, my mother and father hear it inside their place, but I hear it on my phone, and I see who's at their door. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do yeah. you do very, that? Very, very easy to set up. It's just a, a ring doorbell cam. Oh, okay. Yeah, I set it up, and my parents don't do deal with technology, so it's my account. It goes to my phone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you get it, yeah, and then perfect. I, and okay. then on my, and then on my home Nest cameras, I added a Nest camera of my father's, uh, my my father's garage because he always goes out. He's always out smoking oh, and stuff like that. What a great idea! So, yeah, okay, so I, I'm right. big brother, and I'm, it's not intrusive. I don't have right, any cameras right, inside right. their house. Yep, yep. Right, but uh, yeah, because there's some coming. things you just wouldn't want to see. Well, yeah, exa yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
on that note, you know, tell your parents to never open the door to strangers, even if they are wearing like a company uniform, like UPS, post mm -hmm. office, or whatever. Uh, you know, there's scams very, very popular where they prey on the elderly, where they come and perform a service. And, you know, a two or three male or female team will be in there. And while they're distracting your parents, they'll unlock the back door. And the third person on the team will come in and empty them out. Or they'll stay their public service and they'll go down in the basement and they'll unlock the basement door or they'll unlock a basement window. Yeah, right. And then they'll come back later that night and, you know, rob the house. It happens all the time. All right. My next step, I think, as my parents get older, would probably put, you know, a key lock with an electronic door locked too so I can make sure the door's locked at night like right. I do at my house, right. right? But you should always do a sweep of your elderly or loved one house. Look for valuables, money, jewelry, you know, other valuables. Make sure that stuff like that is hidden, out of sight, or locked up. Everything shouldn't be, you know, most criminals go right for the top drawers in the bedroom or nightstand yes. or desk, yes. right? And yes. that's where most people keep everything. Yes. You know, get a strong box with a key or get a safe. You know, a lot of times when people get older, they don't want to deal with any type of combinations or simplex locks. They want a key. They're old school. That's what they use, the key, right? Right. <clears throat> Make sure, especially if you have uh, health care providers, any type of nanny services, any type of uh, people visiting, important papers, you'll notice most elderly will keep all of their bills and stuff spread out like on a kitchen or dining room table. Am I right, Sandy? You're absolutely right, yeah. All right, so they can review it and look at it. Well, if somebody comes in, they can take pictures of it with their phone, bank accounts, et cetera, et cetera, right? Just another way, so if you have a, you know, a nurse coming in to help out or an aide, every time they come in, they can garner more information. Right. Garner more information. So what city were you born in? Oh, your yeah. last name is Calandro. What was your mother's name? Right, right, right. Ah, what was your pet's first name? Right. Your first pet's name. What Did you ever play an instrument when you were a kid? What's your yeah. favorite type of music? Do any of these questions sound familiar to any of our <laughs> listeners? Right? Security questions? That's right. How easy. Any type of enrollment or whatever, if you're caretaking for the elderly, anything you can convert to electronic to cut them out of the system, yeah. you should do. Yeah. You should also take an inventory of everything they have. Take pictures of their jewelry, watches, electronics, bank accounts, everything that you possibly can get a picture of. Get a picture of and put it in a folder and keep it in the cloud, okay? Get a shredder for your parents or your grandparents or anybody you're caring for. Go to a home center. Kamala Harris says that people in the country can't, in the city, inner cities, in, you know, uh, first tier, say to us third tier, we can't go to a Kinko's to have a copy made of our ID. <laughs> and just so you know how to out of touch the first tier is, Kinko's has been gone for 13 years. <laughs> So that's why they so, can't go to a kick. Correct, but that's how out of touch she is. Absolutely. All right. Photocopy. So yeah. So you can't go to a kinko. So like she doesn't. Like every inner city person doesn't have a phone with a camera right. on it today. Right. Exactly. Remember those Obama phones? Correct. You you want to you want to shred everything possible if they don't have a wood stove or something where you can burn it. Okay. These are the things you want to do if they end up in an assisted living. Remember, elder abuse is the number one thing you have to worry yes. about. All yes. right. Yes. Right, yes. Sandy? Yes, absolutely. You should do background checks on the people that are caring for your loved ones. That Now, listen to me. If I had somebody coming into my parents' house to take care of them, I'd have cameras in every room. Yeah, right. All right, I, I would have I would have cameras in every room. This is something that you you want to do. It's it, it's hard to talk to the elderly about this stuff, no, right? They don't they don't uh, 
they don't comprehend the danger. Really Some of the things you should just do. Yeah. All right. right. You should just do it and get it over with. And deal with the um, repercussions later. Are you guys still doing Parents Are Hard to Raise? Uh, it's on hiatus right now. Okay, because that's mentioned on page 250 of my book, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah. By elder it's, care expert is, Diane Berardi. It is coming back. Good. And then I also talk about firearms and the elderly. Now, this varies from state to state, but the last thing you need to worry about is your elderly parents or loved ones having guns in the house. What happens if dad has all his old guns, but he is losing it? You need to know the laws in your state before you decide what to do. If you live in Texas, you can take the guns and bring them to your house. If you live in New Jersey, you can't. Long guns, yes. Handguns, you can't. All right, but you can't leave them in the house if your elderly loved ones don't have all their wits about them. You can buy trigger locks and put them on the guns, or you can take all the ammunition out of the guns and out of the house. You can also tell your parents, your parents that the guns have been locked up because of grandchildren coming to visit. Don't put the onus on mom or dad, right? right. Say, mom or dad, I'm securing these so when the kids come over, they don't get into them. That's an easier argument to win than, dad, I'm putting locks on the guns because I don't want you, you know, going postal. Right. All right. What do you mean? I fought in the big one, you know, and it's hard to fight that lack of, you know, that oh, level yeah. of respect. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. You can seek out uh, professional help to, you know, with elderly and guns transferring to you. We always want to check out lawyers or whatever. As a society, we put a large emphasis on keeping our youth safe and secure. We do need to stop and think our about our family members that are in their golden years. Out of sight is not out of mind, and we still have a duty to ensure that our mature family members are taken care of. This is important. All right, I get people coming all the time. My dad died. I got all his guns. We took the firing pins out. We did this. They had one. Uh, we had one where they mentioned to the dad, the grandpa, they wanted to take the guns, and he freaked out. They waited about two weeks, and uh, when he was out at a doctor's appointment, uh, his son went and took all the guns out of the house. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, uh, and locked the, 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 he had like a home Mac cabinet in a closet with the uh, barrel keys and locked it back up. And it's every day is a you know, waiting game to see if dad's going to go back in there. But right now, it's been months that he hasn't showed an interest, and he doesn't even know the guns are gone. Right, right. All right, but he has dementia. And, uh, you know, he's losing it and he forgets. And do we really want him handling guns at this point? Right. And do we maybe want someone to break into the house and, and steal those said guns? Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. Or even use them against him. Yeah. You know, I always tell the story all the time. My buddy Jay, he used to let me keep his boat at his dad's house down in Manahawkin, right on the water, in one of those Shapiro salt boxes, Sandy, yeah, right yeah, before yeah, the causeway. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I used to go down to use my boat, and I kept the boat in their slip. And um, the father was 94 years old, and he was a World War II vet under Patton. God bless his soul. Rest his soul. And I would go, and I would knock on the door Saturday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'd be banging on the back door, and Mr. P wouldn't answer. And I'd put the key in the lock, and I'd go from the foyer through the kitchen into the living room. And his father would be sitting on the couch, smoking a cigarette. He smoked 10 packs a day. <laughs> and the TV volume was set on 700. Yeah, right. It was like the old uh, Memorex thing where the guy's sitting on the TV and his hair's blowing back. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, right. I basically would walk behind him in the living room and go pee in the bathroom and then go back out and lock the door. And he didn't even know I was there. Wow. I was afraid to make a noise because I was afraid to startle him. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah, know what I, you yeah, know what I mean. Right. I was I was afraid to startle him, so I I didn't say any, anything. So, uh, uh, but that's what happens when they reach a certain age. You know what I mean. Right. 
And uh, so it's our job to secure. And his father had a lot of guns in the house at that time. And I remember Jay and I having a conversation. And the next time we went down, um, his father uh, basically had a 380 that he kept in his pocket all the time, a little Bursa 380. Wow. And uh, that's the only gun Jay left down there. All the other guns he moved up to his house, even though there were handguns and everything in it. This is going back like 15 years ago. And then when his father passed, the guns automatically became his anyway. Yeah. But you know what happened? When the father passed, Jay couldn't find the 380 Bursa. Really? Yeah, it took him like two weeks. They finally found it. Believe it or not, the father must have been doing some work in the garage. And he probably put the gun down oh, on a bench man. in the garage. And this was a detached garage. And the garage oh. door was opened 90% of the time. The gun was in the garage with some tools and a box on top of it. Jay was looking for two weeks for the handgun in the father's house. And it was actually out in the garage loaded where someone could have oh, gotten it. Wow. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so so these are the things, you know, uh, you have to be creative when you're dealing with the elderly. You can start doing it while your parents are still at a point where you can work together with them. Let them read yeah. my book, Crime Proof, and then maybe address it and say, you know, Mom, you know, Dad's gone. The guns are in there. You're getting a little older. Uh, maybe we should transfer him over to me now. Yeah, let's you hold know. on. Yeah, they're, let's get You know, you know there's right, just, right, right. well, the grandkids come over, and, you know, they're oh, starting yeah. to get into things. There's a there's a, a million ways to skin a cat, all right? Not The direct way is not always the right way because no one, listen, who wants to be the one to take an elderly person's driver's license away? That's right. Right, but 99% of the time, if we wait for the parent, to, the grandparent, to tell us they shouldn't be driving anymore, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Uh, What's that old joke? When I die, I want to die quietly in my sleep, like my grandfather, not like everybody else in his car screaming. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, buy my book, CrimeProofBook.com. Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. If you order it or come in, I will still autograph it for you. I will be doing a book signing this Tuesday at Anytime Fitness in Cliffside Park on Anderson Avenue at 6 or 7 p.m. Anytime Fitness, Cliffside Park on Anderson Avenue. Uh, if if anybody wants me to do a book signing at their business, I will do it. I am for hire. Call me out. I am cheap. <laughs> Love you guys. Even the traitorous bastard. Even the traitorous bastard. <laughs> uh, and we are raising money for the uh, yes. disabled veterans and uh, veterans in need of memory care. And you can go to GoFundMe.com and search VHS of Ocean County. V Victor H Hotel S Sierra of Ocean County. Five bucks, ten bucks, anything you guys got. Takes about a hundred bucks a day to give these folks care. So please, uh, anything you can do to help us. I want to thank Rich Ford this week. Who is this sole person donating? But thank you Cheap so much, bastards. Rich. Thank you so much, Rich. Okay, well, looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for High Radio. Gun for High Radio is a kind of think media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music. New York, New York, under license of Broadcast Music Incorporated. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. See you next week. Stay safe. Bye. From sea to the shine.